You're listening to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel podcast. Welcome to the now. Welcome to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel podcast. This is episode number 18. Ooh, we're almost there. We're almost to 20, everybody. How's everybody feeling? It is Thursday evening. Yes. It has been a little while since I've recorded an episode. I've been all over the place. And here we are. I've made it. And that was Welcome to the Now by Anda One, which is available on iTunes and Spotify. Just checking my mic level here, making sure we're good. All right, we're good. All right, cool. I don't want to be clipping. Don't want to be hitting red, you know? It's the worst, especially with digital recordings when it starts hitting the red. And, oh, it's the worst. How's everybody doing today? It's a beautiful day in Minneapolis. I'm here in my bedroom, here in my bedroom, recording a podcast. I just had some ceremonial grade matcha tea. I think I got that from Whole Foods or something. It was in a can. It said it was ceremonial grade matcha tea and that it's all about hustling, apparently, according to this, to this tea company. The best things come to those who hustle. And what have I been doing? I've been doing some stage management work over at the Southern Theater in Minneapolis. I was doing some work for the St. Paul Ballet hired me to come in. And there were three choreographers on one bill. And that was Sally Roos, Penny Free, and Helen Hatch presenting their work at the Southern Theater and it was a show that they called Threefold. And we also had Seth Conover from Pool Boy, who was one of our previous podcast guests. He was on there. He was uh, part of Helen's piece and playing live music. And so I was running the sound for that as well. Um, stage managing and sound running person, which involved um, keyboards their their setup was was pretty cool. They had like a a table and they set all these different keyboards and vocal effects machines and mixers and there's just a whole bunch of wires and they were all plugged into a mixer and then that plugged into the theater's, you know, house snake which then runs back to the soundboard 
And that's where I was, making sure it sounded good. And that was kind of fun because in this situation we had the right and the left speakers, but then also a center speaker and two subs, which really would give you some extra bass boost. Anytime you get to use some subs, it sounds great. And you don't always have to use subs to their fullest extent. You know, you might even just have the, you might have them set to 50% and it still adds so much dimension to the sound that gives you that low end and makes the room shake a little bit. And I think all good shows have a little bit of a shake to the room, right? Plugged in those keyboards and Seth was singing through a vocal effect box that made his voice sound really um, like it was harmonizing with itself. So you'd hear his voice, but then you'd also hear sort of choir of robots singing with him too. Been adjusting my diet lately. I've been cutting back on sugar and I've found that has been feeling good. I haven't cut sugar completely out, but cut back significantly on it. And I've felt inflammation in my body. It feels like has gone down and which is pretty exciting. Plus I've also been eating turmeric, which was, you know, recommended to me for, for anti-inflammatory. And that's been going really well too. So I've, I had this thing going on in my right foot and it's actually feeling great now. Um, it's not fully there, but it's, um, significantly better than it was and happy about that. Happy to report been cutting the, cutting the sugar, boosting the turmeric, and then getting some, what else? A few CBD gummies here and there for good measure. I still need to get some fish oils going though. Some Omega stuff. I think that would be helpful. I'm going to need to go over to the co-op and pick up some flax or some some fish oil or something like that. That's what I feel like I'm craving next. In case you were wondering. But then also at the same time, I just made my first cheeseburgers. at on. We have one of those griddles that goes on top of the the stove. And I made burgers for the first time. I was a vegetarian for like eight years. And now we had this, the wedge had these coupons where you could get, what was it? Like a free, it was buy one, get one free of like grass fed beef. And so we, we live in an apartment and they, a lot of the people just threw the coupons away. So we, we cut them out and we just kept going back in there and we got a, we got a good deal on beef, you know? So, so we had this ground beef and I was like, what are we going to do with this? Let's make some burgers. And so we fired up the griddle and very simple, just kind of mashing, you know, what I, I, I took a, a pound of it, cut it in quarters. And so now you've got four quarter pounders and then just really form it with your hands, but don't press too much. You're not trying to, you don't want to compress it. That's the, that's part of the trick. You want to just kind of flatten it into round patties, but don't overdo it. Don't overwork the meat. And then you take salt and pepper and just like put a little pinch on it and then put it in the pan in the, in the cast iron, you know, stovetop, or if you have a cast iron skillet, it would also work. And you put it in there. It's already preheated and give it a good sear on the one side 
And then you need one of those metal spatulas, which I realized is the trick. You have to get the metal spatula after it's been on there for maybe four minutes or something. It's really gotten a good sear. Then you flip it. And then, or well, before you flip it, though, put a little salt and pepper on that side now. And then flip it. And then once you've flipped it, let it go. And put the cheese on there. I went with the American cheese slices, just old school. It melts well. But put whatever kind of cheese you want. It's up to you. Put it on. And then I covered it with the wok lid. And I just like hit a little bit of water in there. And then covered it with the wok lid. And it steamed. Got the burger all, the cheese all melted really nicely. And then, well, first before all of that, I used the potato buns, which you got to use. I guess that's that's what makes it authentic. You, you slice it with the bread knife and put a little bit of butter on both sides or whatever you want to use, some sort of oil of some kind. I actually used this butter-flavored coconut oil, which worked really nicely. It kind of smells like movie popcorn butter. And you put it on the bread, psh, put that on the griddle, toast them. You got to toast the buns. Don't be one of those people that makes a burger and doesn't toast the bun. What is wrong with you? Come on, make it happen. So you make, you, you toast the buns first. Actually, that's, or at least that's what I did. Then do the patties, get them going. And after that was done, I just fixed them up and it didn't take very long at all. It took whatever, three minutes, maybe on each side. You don't want to overcook them. And another trick is that you want to have at least an 80-20% mix of ground beef, which is like beef to fat ratio. You you need to have some of the fat. Don't go, don't use the lean stuff in this case. You have to go 80% or even if it's a little lower, it's going to be really good. The version that I did was 80% and 20% fat. It was, I thought that was really good. What else do we use? I, I put some avocado on the side. I didn't put it on the burger, but put some ketchup and some mayo and some mustard. Some of you are like, Ew! it was delicious. Just roll with it. Pickles. I did not use bread and butter pickles. I specifically bought the regular kind of dill sliced pickles rather than the bread and butter sweeter ones, which I have already on hand. But in this case, I wanted it to you know, not be so sweet of a pickle flavor. In case you were wondering about my pickle preference. And let's see, we had the toasted potato rolls, like I already mentioned. I put some sprouts on mine. You can put some lettuce on there. Put some spinach on there. Whatever you want. I don't care. Throw some sort of green on there of some kind. I would recommend it at least. Oh, I just got kind of a strange sound in the headphones. I think it might... He's plugged in all the way. All right. Good. No technical difficulties here. The burger turned out well. I'm I'm happy to report. I'm also happy to report that I've been doing my TheraBand exercises. And it's been a nice way to warm up before tap dancing. I've been told, you know, you don't want to just sit there and stretch. It's not going to necessarily do much for, for warming you up. And to take... The TheraBand and warm up with that, that's oftentimes going to get your muscles moving around and get warmed up a little better. So that's what I've been doing at the beginning of rehearsals, and it's been working pretty well. Got one of those exercise loops, kind of a TheraBand that you wear around your ankles, and then 
you kind of do step and then bring your other foot together, step out together. And that's been going pretty well. You have to keep tension on the band the whole time. What else? We we went out, Andy and I performed out at the National Tap Dance Day event that was happened in St. Paul. And that was at the Como Pavilion over near the zoo in an outdoor venue. And you would think, you know, it's May. It's t- you know, we're almost to summertime. But that day, I think it was like 38 degrees when we looked at it. So it was borderline winter weather that day and yet a lot of people turned up they they turned up to tap and it was great the wind was blowing really hard across the stage so we were catching some gusts but i was um out there rocking out and andy and i did a short performance but we were also helping out running some sound getting that stuff dialed in and some really good tap performances that day. It was it was cool to see everyone showing up, even though it was freezing cold out. People were still going out on stage and, and doing it. So much respect. Oh, Monday nights coming up in the summer session. I will be teaching down at Xenon Dance in Minneapolis. That will be June through August. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 p.m., Come join us down at Xenon Dance, downtown Minneapolis. And it's right off the light rail, right on the bus line. You all know where it is. Just get downtown. Come tap. It's going to be fun. Adult class. Open. It's, you know, whoever shows up, that's who I teach it for. And we're going to have some fun. I'm excited about it. It's going to be every Monday night, 6 to 7 p.m. And I've actually been... Because it's been warmer out, they have these scooters all around town. And on on the Lime scooter, I've been getting those and then riding them downtown to go teach. And it's been it's been nice because sometimes it's a little bit expensive to park downtown. But instead, I can just ride a scooter and then step off of it and just leave it there. Done. And then sometimes when I come back, it's there. Sometimes it's not. And then you just have to track down the next one. So it's kind of like a live action video game when you're jumping from scooter to scooter. Or sometimes when I've gotten up to go to rehearsal, I've also taken the scooter to the dance studio. And I've had to, at times, take a nice ride bike first. Because I always have those near my house. But sometimes there aren't any scooters nearby. So you get on the bike first and then make my way down to usually like Loring park or somewhere around that area has a, has a scooter around there. So then jump off the bike, dock the bike, get on a scooter, continue on my way. But I've had a few times where some things got in, in between those steps, which makes for delays such as, well, I guess this wasn't so much of a delay, but I got a call Okay, so I I docked the bike at about 10.30 in the morning, and it was in the station, ready to go, and then went and found the scooter, and was at rehearsal, did all that, and then later on at what must have been like 8 p.m., I think, somewhere in the evening, somebody contacted me 
via their app or whatever, I don't know, like I received a text saying that the bike was still being charged. And then, and then I called them and asked them what happened. And they said that it was not properly docked. So if you're ever taking one of those bikes out, make sure that you see the green light come on and it says the bike is now docked safely because I, I thought it was and it wasn't. And so I left and she, she told me, you know, that I needed to go back and redock it. And I was like, I'm nowhere near it. And she gave me a 24 hour window to go redock this bike. And so later on, I went back to it the next day and it was still there. And <laughs> luckily it was still there. Nobody had taken it. And I noticed it because of the way I had tied the bungee cord on the front of the bike so that it wasn't just kind of hanging there. And I was like, oh, there it is. And once I kind of pushed the bike in a little more, the light turned green, everything was good. And then I received a text message saying the bike had been docked. And, you know, I wasn't actually charged a whole bunch of money for it, so that's good. But just future reference, if you've ever taken one of those smart ride, nice ride bikes, whatever you call them, make sure that you properly dock it before you leave it. Because otherwise, you're going to be expected to go back and put it back in the dock, or you will be charged for it. And there is there's my public service announcement for those of you who like to take public train or what do you call it? Nice ride. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a sort of triathlon to get to anywhere. When I don't have the car, I I will have to walk over to the bike station, take the bike hunt down a scooter, run over to that, and then make my way to wherever else I'm going. But it did come in pretty handy, too, when uh, going to the Southern Theater, which wasn't too far from my house, but, you know, going like four miles or whatever on the scooter, it's it's been pretty fun. Whatever. I mean, you might have been one of those people that's like driving around, and you're like, whatever, those dumb scooters. You know, I totally get it with the pedal pubs. Those are obnoxious, but the scooters are fun as hell. I, I highly recommend trying them out, taking them for a spin. They're all like battery powered. So you just kind of, you have to just get it moving and then you use your right thumb and it starts, it starts the scooter moving down the road. I can, I can give everybody a good code too. If you, if you ever want to ride on one of the Lime scooters, I can give you a free ride. Here, check this out. These guys didn't even, this is not a paid sponsorship. I'm just, I'm going to hook you up right now. Because if you go and get the app, it's Lime, L-I-M-E. It's a scooter company in Minneapolis. My referral code is R2B47DI. R, the number two, B is in boy, four, seven, D is in dog, I is in igloo. There's your code. And what that'll get you is a free ride on, on the Lime scooter. And what it also gets me, it, it would get me a free ride too. So really it's win-win if you go use that code. And then what you do is you just walk up to the scooter with your phone and you scan the QR code and away you go. Wind in your hair. I've I've noticed though it caps me off at like fifteen point 
two, I think, miles an hour, something like that. There's like a certain cap where it doesn't let you go any faster. And it feels like it actually kind of regulates it so that if you start going faster than that, it slows you down rather than speeds you or lets you, you know, it doesn't really let you fly at those faster speeds. It, it kind of slows it down so that you don't get going too quickly. Unless you go down a hill, in which case sometimes you can get it up to like 20. And then it's it's trying to stop it, but it can't because the momentum is too strong. Oh, well, keep rocking. And that's that's the special line code if you if you want to go try it out for yourself. I highly recommend it. It's been a lot of fun. Maybe one day they'll sponsor the podcast. How cool would that be? Here's a thing that you can go do now. This is this is new where you can go and record a message on on the podcast website. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to anchor.fm slash have tap shoes will travel and tell me what what do you think is the perfect length of a show? If you're gonna go out, you're gonna go and watch a show, you're gonna go to a theater, you're gonna pay for a ticket, you're gonna have already eaten some dinner, you're gonna go out to a show. What is the perfect show length? in your opinion, and bonus question, intermission or no intermission? What is your stance on that? I would like to hear, what do you think is the perfect show length, and do you think intermission should be a thing? What's your take on intermission? Anchor.fm slash havetapshoes will travel, and if you go on there, there's an area where you can record a message, and I will play some of your answers on the podcast next week if you record some answers on there i don't know if any of you are going to do this but this is this is my challenge to you this is my um what is it my special request go on there and record a message for me all right just check it out it's it'll it'll give me this audio clip and then i can just put that right in the podcast and if you have additional questions you can also leave questions for me if you'd like too but one thing that i'd like to know what do you think is the perfect length for a show when you're going to go out and see something? And do you think it should have an intermission or not? I would love to hear that from you. The, let's see, what else do we have? The, the song here that we're going to use as we go to our break is going to be from the Bucket Drummond Volume 1 album, if you want to call it that. And it is called New Jack Hennepin. And it is Andy and I, we're drumming on buckets and we're jamming on the the jam block, the cowbells. We've got two different metal buckets that we're using as snare drums. And one of them is on its side. So it gives it more of a It gives it a real fat sound to it. And the other one gives it more of an attack. And so those are both both used on, on, on this track. And then we have a symbol with being held by the left hand. And then there's a drumstick in the right hand and just kind of grabbing the symbol and playing patterns by grabbing the symbol and drumming on it. And then there are some tambourines in there and beatboxing through a PVC pipe had this sort of, it might've been like two feet long, something like that. It's a piece of PVC pipe laying around and then, we started beatboxing into it and holding the mic up to it. This song is a, the, the beats per minute on this one is 115. 
So it's it's got kind of that new jack swing feel from the nineties that you know, all the Bobby Brown songs and the the new edition, the the Bill Biv DeVoe, all that 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 whole feel, that's that's kind of a homage to that vibe. And after that, we've got some more for you. So check it out. This is this one's called New Jack Hennepin. This is Matt the Shoe Guy from Dancing Fair, and you're listening to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. That was the, like I said before, the, the track New Jack Hennepin on the Bucket Drummond Volume 1 album. And that's available on iTunes and Spotify, along with nine other tracks. And each track has the beats per minute listed as well. So it's good for using in tap classes, or you can use it to practice an instrument too. All of the tracks were recorded with a metronome. So we had a click track to start it off to really lock in the tempo. And then beyond that, we kind of got rid of the click track and then had all of the other instruments and things going to the original. What we did, we we recorded as it was, as the click track was going, we recorded our first kind of bucket track, the, the kick and the snare basically of the song. And then we overdubbed on top of that. And then, so at that point, that's when we would remove the click track out of it and then just kind of play all the other parts as though we were jamming with each other. And it, it, I think it worked out pretty well. Let's see. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and many other places, Amazon. Check it out. If you get an opportunity. Also, as I always tell you, I've got hard copies and I've also got hard copies of and a one and the computer love album of which we played his his song earlier called Welcome to the Now. That one was on his album called Computer Love, my brother Andy. And so if you're interested in having each you know either of those on a CD, we we can get those to you. <laughs> They're both on iTunes and and Spotify, but if you need a hard copy in your life, you let me know. I'll make sure to make your dreams come true, okay? And speaking of that, those of you who have tap dreams of your own, you're you're developing your skills and you're in the Minnesota area, coming up next weekend is the Radiant Rhythm Initiative 
and it's happening in St. Cloud. It's the Swinging Into Summer Tap Festival. There are going to be all these awesome teachers teaching at it and world-renowned faculty. They're going to be showing tap footage. There's going to be a student showcase. It'll be June 7th through the 9th at the Holiday Inn and Suites in St. Cloud. And if you wanted more information about that, contact RadiantRhythmInitiative.com. I believe, or it's either that or it's RadiantRhythm.com. But I think it's RadiantRhythmInitiative.com. What the hell kind of show is this? This guy doesn't even know this site. Well, you know, this is an unpaid advertisement right here. I'm just, I'm just trying to spread the love a little bit, let you know about some events coming up. What I do know is that Ashley Gonzalez runs it and that Jumani Taylor is going to be coming in from Chicago and Joseph Wigan and Star Dixon is going to be here and Trey Duma and who else? Leah Silva and Ricky Milan's going to be teaching up there. So get up there. St. Cloud. It's not that far. It's like an hour drive from Minneapolis. And if you're interested in doing that, you know what? I'm going to look it up right now. This is this is great podcasting, by the way. I'm just going to take a look. See, Radiant Rhythm Initiative. And who knows if I even spelled that right. But here we go. RadiantRhythmInitiative.com. I've, I've officially, officially confirmed it. There. Now you know. And you can you can go there, learn some more about what's happening next weekend. Also, the Twin Cities Tap Festival. Make sure you mark your calendar. It will be on, what is it? It's MEA weekend in October. So have that on your radar for now. Because that's something that's going to be happening, you know, in the, in the near future here in Minneapolis. And you're going to want to be at that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure that you have... I don't know if I had that written down on here. I don't see it. Oh, here it is. It'll be the weekend of the 18th, 19th, and 20th. And they're going to also, Dorrance Dance is going to be at Northrop, and it's presented by the Tap Festival, or co presented at least. And that's going to be on Saturday, October 19th. Mark your calendar, everyone. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a tap party. All right. I hope you're ready for it. Speaking of tap parties, I've got a gig that we just booked that's happening down in Hastings, Minnesota. It'll be July 20th, and it'll be during the day. It's going to be an outdoor gig. Buckets and Tap Shoes will be performing at about 3 p.m., I believe, in Hastings. I'll get you some more information as we get closer to that date, but July 20th, just pencil that one in for now. That one, or pen it. Use a pen. Write it. Write it down. Get it. Get it written down. Put it on your Google Calendar, whatever you got to do. But make sure you have it written down because you're, you're not going to want to miss that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have buckets and tap shoes with some live musicians, outdoor. What more do you need? It's the best way to spend your summer on a Saturday night. Man, it feels good to once again fight through the resistance and make sure to... You know, get through the procrastination to get some some things done. And here is podcast number 18. It was my New Year's resolution, as as many of you already know. But it is something that I'm going to be continuing to put out. And right now I've got, I, I grabbed a book off of my shelf. And it is, it's a magic book. 
and I know some of you who know me would know that I'm I've been into magic since I was a kid and it's it's always a fun thing to read about but this one is a very specific book that I think is really cool for performers it was called Magic and Showmanship and it's by Henning Nelms and I was listening to a podcast long ago and I heard Mac King who's a famous magician that's in Las Vegas doing his show right now and he mentioned that this was a a book that he felt like was a good one to to read as a performer and so then I went out and got this book and I would recommend if you're a performer you might find this book very interesting Magic and Showmanship a handbook for conjurers by Henning Nelms and it's it's great but here's here's the spot I opened to this page and I couldn't help but think like this was this was relevant in all different types of circumstances as a performer. And I thought maybe you might be interested in this. So I thought I'd, I'd read this part for you today. It's, it's regarding movement. And this, this chapter is called Controlling Attention. As you're trying to control your audience's attention for whatever reason, because you want them to look at something because it, it is part of your story that you're presenting or you're trying to bring focus to something on stage. And so this is regarding movement. And as the eyes of the audience tend to follow any moving object, movement can be used as a technique for controlling attention. But this is only part of the story. Motion is most effective when it contrasts with stillness. This gives us an important rule. Make no movement without a purpose. Every action must be clearly motivated and the motivation must fit the performer's assumed character. Fidgeting and useless movements, such as putting down your wand and picking it up a moment later, are taboo. They do not fit any character that an intelligent performer would assume. Competent actors follow the rule religiously. Conjurers must break it to perform slights and handle gimmicks. However, such out-of-character movements should be disguised as motivated actions, if that is at all possible. For example, when you control a chosen card to the top of a deck, you should act as though you are burying the card beyond recovery. When you rehearse by yourself, you may find trouble in eliminating meaningless movements. Your best plan is to have a friend watch you and point out your errors. If you are a chronic fidgeter, curing the habit will appear hopeless at first. Some people make several pointless actions every minute, and it seems impossible to get rid of them all. Fortunately, correction is much easier than it seems. My experience with actors has taught me that even the worst fidgeters master the habit after five or six rehearsals, in which they are frequently reminded of the fault. In any case, fidgeting is one of the worst sins a performer can commit. If you are guilty of it, You must break yourself before you can hope to be more than second rate. Yikes, he's not about fidgeting, everybody. Anyway, another excellent rule. There's not a ton more. Okay, I'm just going to, I'll read the rest of this. There's like three more paragraphs. Another excellent rule is make only one movement at a time. This does not mean that you should keep your whole body still when you move, say, your right hand. Actually, most graceful actions of any size involve every muscle to some extent. The point is that your motions should be coordinated to emphasize a single idea. If you produce a handkerchief with your right hand, 
Do not wave your wand aimlessly with your left. The rule against simultaneous motions applies even more strictly when two people are on stage. You and your assistant must often collaborate on a single action, such as the handkerchief dying and fantastic. But you should avoid doing two separate things at once. Walking in different directions simultaneously is especially bad. For some reason, audiences consider this funny and will laugh at it, even in serious moments. This does not require you and the assistant to take turns in moving as though you were mechanical toys. The fault lies in starting and stopping at the same time. One should either start to move an instant before the other stops or should wait for a moment or two until after the other finishes. Problems of simultaneous movement are difficult to handle when you must work without a director. Try to get some friend to watch a rehearsal and pay particular attention to this matter. Even an experienced observer can tell whether the action is clear and smooth or confused and jerky. You know, as a dancer, you you may or may not agree with some of these things about movement. I mean, sometimes the whole point is for everybody to move at the same time in the same way. But the thought of having competing things happening on stage at the same time. If you're trying to bring focus to something, don't bring focus to a second thing at the same time because the audience's attention can really only focus on one thing at a time. That is the sort of point that I kind of grabbed from that one. But I thought it was I thought it was interesting and I pulled it off the shelf and it just opened to that page just thinking maybe maybe there might be something in here that would be relevant for people to listen to. And so I just opened the book and went and just decided that that was going to be the one to read because that literally was the first page I opened to. And I was tempted to start thumbing through it and try to find another page, but I stuck with it and that's what we got. I'd like to thank Ryan Grams with Uptop Films for letting us use this wonderful equipment to record yet another podcast and would also like to thank Matt and Carrie and the whole staff over at the Dancing Fair. And if you need shoes, go check out dancingfair.com. You won't be disappointed. And who else? Of course, my brother Andy for the music that we played on the podcast. Remember, Anda One Computer Love is available on iTunes and Spotify and all those fun places, as well as Bucket Drummond Volume 1 by the Oslin brothers. Check them both out. I, I believe they both have 10 tracks on each. And if you want a hard copy, you just let me know. And thank all of you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here on this journey with us, listening, checking out this wonderful world of tap that we're all experiencing. And I look forward to hearing more of your stories. And, you know, once again, just go go on to anchor.fm slash have tap shoes will travel and let me know about what you think the ideal length of a show is, and then whether or not you think intermissions are appropriate, or if you like to have intermissions at shows, or what your opinion of those are. All right? That's your task for this week. And I would once again like to thank you for tuning in, and we will have another one out here very soon. And... Have a wonderful weekend. The weekend is officially here. Bye-bye. You're the club and you're feeling kind of sleepy. The next section is for you participate with me. Hands up.
Have Tap Shoes Will Travel podcast, hosted by Rick Osland, is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.